Hi, I'm Phil Valdez, the lead pastor of Passion Life Church here in Marietta, California. I just wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to these messages that are coming out of our church. If these messages have impacted your life, we'd love to hear from you. You could send us an email at contact at passionlifechurch.com. That's contact at passionlifechurch.com. Again, thanks for listening. So good. Man, I'm glad to be here. I, I've known uh, your pastors uh, from way back when we were both youth pastors back in the day. And we met at a conference we were speaking at in New Mexico um, years back. And, uh, and so it's fun now to get a chance to all of us, you know, kind of doing different things God's called us to do and to be able to come and uh, invest in and spend some time with, uh, with the new church family up here. Now just, uh, you guys, four years in, going on five years, right, as a church. And uh, reaching this city, loving people in this city, and so I'm just excited to be able to kind of come up the road here a little bit. It's fun because I literally just live about an hour south of here, so uh, it's nice to be able to run up and, and be a part of it, and was glad to be able to step in with, uh, with Pastor uh, being out uh, this week, but it was fun to watch on social media um, if you don't follow your pastor, you probably should, but uh, I do. <laughs> and uh, uh, and on Instagram, just seeing the celebration all week long. There's something beautiful about uh, just longevity of, of building church, walking with integrity, right, and really making an impact in the city. And so it's awesome that your pastors are connected to and you have a, such a great covering. So um, I'm excited to be here this morning and get into a word here. It's going to be called Keeping the Faith in just a moment. Uh, but I wanted to uh, send greetings from my own family, too. Uh, my wife and I have been married going on 14 years, and uh, that's 100 years in Hollywood years, so that's good. So that's awesome. And we have two little girls, Mercedes and Kenzie, six and eight, and uh, we're, have, we're having a ton of fun with that. They just got back to school. And I Any parents with kids in school? Any, anyone that you have kids in school? Um, we, this is the first time we've experienced that thing where both your kids are in school during the day, and you're like, oh my gosh, we have like free time, like for the entire day to like hang out even. Like I took my wife on a date the very first day, both kids were in school. I was like, this is amazing. No babysitter, a daytime date for complete free. This is awesome. Um, so anyways, we were kind of enjoying that whole experience, but um, uh, I, we're excited to be here this morning. They, they're with their church, uh, our home church, C3 Church down in, in San Diego. So we're, uh, but I'm excited to be able to come up here and be with you guys. Um, I will be out um, at the table afterward to just to say hi, um, do book signing if, if you're interested in that. But just finish this book, end of last year, called Following Jesus. If you want to grow your faith, you want to learn how to hear from God, how to pray, uh, learn about the Holy Spirit, learn how to share your faith. You know, a lot of essentials. And uh, it's a great refresh, a great challenge, a great guiding, quick start guide almost to following Jesus as well as, um, you know, I think a lot of times we want to make a difference in other people's lives or even if someone said to you, hey, you know, who are you, you know, discipling? It's kind of a big, scary word a bit. You're like, I don't know. I didn't go to Bible college. How am I supposed to disciple somebody? Um, part, part of the reason why I wrote this book was to be able to be a good help to anybody who wants to help somebody else in their journey with 
in faith. And then we got a couple other uh, drop cards. These are digital download cards. Uh, one is a pack on purpose. There's three messages in here and a free seven-day devotional. And there's another uh, card on faith as well with three messages. So all these are back there. By one, they're 10. By two, for 15, because everybody likes a good deal. Okay. Enough with the infomercial. Let's get into the Word. Today I'm talking about keeping the faith. Everyone say, keep the faith. All right, let me pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, we love you this morning and honored to gather as your church, as your people. Who we, we love you. We're so thankful for everything you've done for us and, and honored by the opportunity to gather freely and to worship you and to encourage each other. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Now, you guys have been in the series around faith, around victory. Faith is the victory in Christ. And let me read some, I want to start by reading a few selections from kind of the classic book of faith, chapter of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. I imagine you guys have spent time in these verses during this series a bit. And um, if not, hopefully I'm not stealing all your pastor's verses for next week. So, but Hebrews chapter 11, this begins with the iconic verse that begins to give us shape around the concept of faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And it says, this is what the ancients were commended for. So he's saying, he's about to go into a list of men and women of faith all throughout biblical history and in and, and the history of humanity of people who were commended for or were honored for having faith. This, this ability to trust God even when you don't always see something. So let me just read through a few different parts of, of this chapter. Verse 8 says, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Come on, how many know that takes faith? Verse 9 says, by faith, even he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac, Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. Verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Verse 12, and so from this one man, and he as good as dead. It's an unfortunate description of yourself in the Bible, you know what I mean? As good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand in the seashore. Let me jump down to verse 17. And by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice, and he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through, your, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. In a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead because God, you know, God stopped that sacrifice. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter, right? All, all throughout this, verse 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army marched around it. Verse 32, and this is kind of the, the summary and the wrap-up. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about 
Barak, Gideon, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets, verse 33, and who, and who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. So all of these men and women, these kind of the hall of faith, the, the heroes of faith here, it says that they all gained what was promised through faith. Everyone say through faith. Right, so whatever God has called you to do, whatever promises he's spoken to you, whatever dreams he's put on the inside of you, whatever thing he's called you to, it's going to happen through faith. Right, faith is what takes us from where we are now to where God has called us to go. We gain what was promised through faith, by faith, in faith. Here's these incredible stories all throughout the biblical narrative, and every single one of them, it took faith to see it through to completion. See, sometimes it's interesting because God will give you something or promise you something, but then you have to go and take it by faith. When you read, it's kind of some interesting phraseology in the Old Testament around Jericho. They took the promised land, and then there was uh, all this land that God had promised God, his people. And Joshua says an interesting thing to him once they're in the land. He says, how long will you wait to take possession of the land that God gave you? So a lot of times God will give you something and then you have to take possession of it, right? All, there's so many promises all throughout God's word that God has promised are yours, but now you and me have to take possession of the promises of God. We have to begin to walk it out. We have to take hold of it. And how do we do that? By faith, through faith, in faith. If we're going to see everything God has called us to do happen and be fulfilled, it's going to happen because we stayed in faith. We, we kept the faith. You know, I think... Um, a lot of times you may be, it's sort of like you know, old Christianese or phraseology with Christian. You know, hey, keep the faith, brother. Stay in faith. Come on, hold on to faith. Fight the good fight of faith. But you know, I found that is actually so, so needed to keep the faith. It's one thing to get faith or to have faith for a moment, but it's another thing to keep the faith, to stay in faith through the entire process. You see, God, all these people in, in, in these stories, it wasn't like God gave them a promise and then they had an easy road ahead. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously they believed because everything was easy for them. They had no problems like we have problems. Obviously, no, no. You re, all of these great people that are listed in here, God said, I want you to do this. I want you to be this. I've called you to do this. I've given you this promise. And then they all, all went through hell in the process to actually obtaining the promise that God had for them. Because the, the biggest struggle is staying in faith through that journey of, of when God promises something to then when you're taking hold of the promise, right? There, there, there's a process. It wasn't easy for these people. They didn't get in the Hebrews chapter 11 list because everything went their way. It's because they stayed in faith even when it seemed impossible, even when all hope was lost. Somehow they stayed in faith. You and me, we've got the hindsight. When I read the story of David and Goliath, I already know how it's going to end. He wins. <laughs> Goliath falls. I know that. So I'm not freaking out in the text. 
But David doesn't have the the privilege of seeing it like you and I see it. He was real time walking out the insanity of that scenario of a small, untrained for battle teenager taking on a military uh, powerhouse. Like, this is absolute pure insanity that, that takes place in the story of David and Goliath. But in faith and through faith, he takes out the giant, right? Because he stayed in faith. He kept the faith. You know, I think oftentimes it's a bit easier to start in faith. It's harder to stay in faith, right? I, I found for me, I, have, I don't have a big problem with stepping out in faith. It's usually the staying in faith part that's the challenge, you know, some people maybe are nervous of change or don't like new things, so they're a little bit more reserved, but that's not me. My personality is like, hey, God said it, let's go. I'll do it. I don't care how crazy it is, I'm stepping out. If I know God's in it, I'll do it. So that part's not hard. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little over, uh, about a couple years ago, uh, we were part of a great church up in the Northwest, had been serving there and on staff there for about 15 years. And, uh, and then just a couple years ago, God began to speak to our pastor up there and to us about just a new season, really to step out in full time, do what we're doing now, ministering to churches, building the church, traveling around, writing, things of that nature, and really felt stirred it was time to step out. And, and God just confirmed it through a lot of natural scenarios unfolding, uh, supernatural prophetic words. God just really confirmed that, hey, Samuel, Katie, it's time to step out into this new season. And uh, it was a big move. You know, you're going from Seattle, uh, a part of a mega church, great full-time salary, every 1st and 15th, guaranteed there's money coming in my account, Right. And all of a sudden, stepping out into going to like one of the most expensive cities in America, you know, down in San Diego, and, and then leaving my job, you know what I mean, to this kind of unknown, unsecure, unlike guaranteed, kind of like Abraham going to a place where he did not know where he was going, right? So there's, there's all these kind of scenarios, but you know what, in the middle of that, like, I was like, no, no worries, People even said to me, oh, my gosh, like, wow, we're just so proud of you guys taking this big, bold step. That's insane, moving your whole family, you know, like, no guarantees. And I was just like, oh, God's in it, no big deal. Like, we got this. This is easy. God says, I do. This is how Christianity should be, no big deal, right? I'm full of faith, right? Because I'd heard God, and it reminded me of Peter's scenario, right? If you're familiar or unfamiliar, Jesus and the disciples have been ministering, and Jesus says to the disciples, get in the boat, go across the sea, I'm going to go pray. And the disciples are out there um, heading across the sea of Galilee, and then all of a sudden Jesus is done praying, and he decides to, you know, pull a little show-off move, you know what I mean, and just walk on the water, <laughs> you know. I kind of like, he's just kind of boss status for doing that, like unnecessary, but he's just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to walk on the water. Like, I think I'm just going to do that. <laughs> and uh, so they're freaked out at first, the disciples are like, oh, it's a ghost. He's like, no, come on, guys, it's me. And uh, so then Peter says, hey, if it's you, tell me to come. Uh, what a crazy thing to say, but he's just like, I want to do it. You know, you're out there. I'm gonna do so Jesus just says, Come, just simple, straightforward. He gives no water walking instructions whatsoever. He just says to Peter, come. 
And Pete's like, let's go. He jumps out, starts walking on the water. Here Peter is doing the impossible, doing something no other human has ever done before or to we, that we know of since. He's walking on top of water. Why did he have this boldness, this crazy faith to do something that was not a, no one should be doing and no one has the ability to do in the natural human sense? Because he heard Jesus clearly. He knew that voice. And he knew that, man, if Jesus says it, like, let's go. I got this. Jesus told me to fly. I'm going to be able to fly. You know what I mean? It's like, side note, when I was a kid, I always tried to convince God that if he could make me fly, I could help so many more people. You know what I mean? I'd always, like, I just dream of, like, rescuing people. <laughs> God, listen, it's not about me trying to be cool. It's about me helping people. And he was up there like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. If I make you fly, you will be so full of yourself. This will be so bad. Um, but here Peter is full of faith, jump out of the boat. And that's what my, my wife and I felt like, just like, man, God's speaking. It's so clear. It's so obvious. Let's go. Let's move to California. Let's leave security. Let's have no guarantees. But God said it, so not a big deal. Um, but you know what? The farther away you get from the boat, the more you wonder, was that really Jesus who, who said, come? You know, because it's one thing when you're in the boat and you're praying and God says, come, and then all of a sudden you jump out and you start walking down the water. But as we know what happens with Peter's scenario, right, all of a sudden it, it says that he looks around at the wind and the waves and he begins to sink because he remembers, hey, I can't walk on water. Why am I doing this, you know? But he begins to doubt. He begins to, 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 to lose faith. He begins to, faith disappears, and he begins to sink. Thankfully, Jesus rescues him. But, but you know, I think for my wife and I, it was kind of like one of those deals where when you first step out, it's exciting, you're full of faith, no big deal. But then all of a sudden, when the budget gets a little tighter, and the fridge gets a little bit emptier, and doors close that you thought would be opened, and scenarios don't happen quite like you thought, all of a sudden, you start going, whoa, it's kind of windy out here. Kind of wavy out here. I mean, it is kind of nice because there's actual waves. You know what I mean? Like opposed to Seattle, so praise God for that. But, um, but you know, you, you start going like, wait a second. Like, man, was that Jesus? <laughs> Did he really say come to California? Did he really, you know, like you start getting into this mode of questioning and wondering and, and kind of walking through this deal. And it's easy to lose faith. It takes a lot of intentional hard work to keep the faith, to keep the faith that I had at first, to keep the tenacity, to keep the boldness that I had at first, to, to keep myself in the place where God could speak to me, use me, and work through me. Um, I, I've just found that God does that. He calls us clearly, and then there's a testing process of faith as we're walking in obedience to his will. It's not like Jesus ran over to Peter and held his hand in those initial steps. He could have, but he doesn't because he's testing, he's developing, he's strengthening something on the inside of us. And if we're going to maintain faith, it's going to be because we intentionally did it. It's easy to allow, to allow faith to slip away little by little. And before you know it, you look up and realize, like, man, I've really gotten detoured or I've stopped following what I knew God told me to do because I, 
I lost faith. Uh, I started doubting. I, I began to sit back instead of taking steps forward. And you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. My family and I were, were at the beach. At, and, um, and, you know, when you're out in the waves and you're, you know, body surfing or boogie boarding or whatever, surfing, whatever it is, and you get a couple, you're out there for a little while, and all of a sudden you look back and, you know, your beach, you know, tent and whatever umbrella is now like way far away. Like you don't, when you're in the middle of it, in the middle of the waves kind of, kind of coming relentlessly and pushing you slightly off course, little by little, all of a sudden you look up and you find yourself off track or off of home base. And, and I just felt like, you know, sometimes I feel like that can be like us when it comes to our faith is that, that little by little, it can just slip away without realizing it. And before you know it, we've really are not, we're not in faith like we used to be. We're not pursuing the purposes of God and believing for the promises of God like we, we used to. And so I want to talk about a few things that will help us keep the faith. How, how are we going to stay in faith in the middle of, of, of following and fulfilling the purposes of God? So first thing is this, is that we've got to silence, silence fear. If we're going to stay in faith, we've got to silence fear. This might seem self-explanatory, but it's super important. Earlier, one of the verses we read about Abraham in Hebrews eleven nineteen 19, says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead in some manner of speaking. He did receive Isaac back from the dead. So you've got to think about, obviously, sometimes we read the narrative and forget about the humanity of the people going through it. God had promised Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. He has no kid forever. Finally, God gives him a child, and then God says, hey, sacrifice your child. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, like relentless, like just barrage of difficulty coming at this guy. And so the next day, he just obeys and goes for it. But it says he reasoned that God could raise the dead. So that gives me the window into Abraham is that he is processing a very difficult situation. And that there are obviously internal voices and voices of doubt and voices of fear that are trying to stop him from staying in faith and really obeying and trusting God. And that's the way it is with our lives. Oftentimes we start out in faith, but then that voice of fear begins to speak. Bobby, did you, did you pick the set list after you saw my notes or was that already the set list? Okay, because here's the deal. That set list looks like Bobby and I were talking all week long and picking out songs that match what I'm going to preach on. That's just an example of how the Holy Spirit works. He is a master at that, right? It's amazing. Because the enemy will try to speak doubt, try to speak lies, will try to silence us and begin to speak so loudly in our ear to get us to begin to doubt. And, and he begins to just get us to subtle things. It's not like the devil shows up in like this iconic big red cape and horns and a pitchfork. And it's like if he did that, we'd more easily go like, yeah, that's the devil. I'm not listening to you, okay? But it's subtle. It's little whispers. It's little things that get us a second guess. And it's, it's what the enemy has been doing since the very first interaction with humanity when he says to Eve in the form of a serpent, he says, did God really say? That question or that indictment against God is what the devil has been doing ever since the beginning of creation and still does it to us today, right? 
Well, you feel, man, God's calling you to do something. Man, you want to start that business. You're building that family. You're, you're starting that ministry. You're, you know, and all of a sudden, it's just like you felt confident, but then all of a sudden, that question starts coming in your head. Well, was that really God? Did God really say to do that? Did God really say to step out like that? Did God really say to believe like that? And he, he gets us to begin to doubt. He gets us to begin to second guess um, what God has said. And if he can get us to doubt the word of God, then he gets us off course. He can get us to start shutting down. And I, I found that if we're not careful, and in, 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 in my season over the last few years, um, I, I found that doubt creeps in subtly. It just, it just slowly begins to kind of get in you, and, and, and you just stop kind of believing, and you start questioning a little bit, and you start getting unsure a little bit in the process. But we got to consider... Um, you, as you're reasoning out, you have to understand that the voice of fear is not the word of God. That if God has spoken something in his word, if God has spoken something to you by his spirit, that that is truth. And that anything that would come up against the word of God, the word of, uh, of knowledge, the, the prophetic word that God has spoken over your life, if anything would try to contradict it, we have to immediately recognize it as a lie, as false, as, as fear, as the voice of doubt that's trying to, to take us out. So we gotta, we got to silence it. We have to be intentional to go, no, no, that's not gonna, I'm not going to take that thought in, right? That's why the Bible says to take every thought captive, Right? Fear will try to just talk at me, and I'm just going to be committed that when I hear the whisper of fear, I'm going to silence it right away rather than entertaining the dialogue internally. As best as I can, I'm going to stop entertaining the fear monologue that can easily come into my life. And now maybe some of you guys, I think most of the time the biggest voice of fear is internal or it's the enemy trying to mess with us, but sometimes we have negative people around us as well. And you know what? If you're married to that person, then there's not much you can do about it. But if you're not, <laughs> then you need to limit or eliminate your interaction with that person. You can't be around people who are constantly tearing you down and getting you to second guess the goodness of God, the word of God, the call of God, the promises of God in our life. We have to be careful to not allow negative people to keep chipping away at our faith. Even well-meaning Christians who just go, ah, oh, well, you know, you know, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, you know. Go back to the drawing board. Well, maybe, but it could be, it could be that you have to stay in faith. It could be that you're, you're, you're going through the natural process of God speaking, and then now I'm wading through the difficult season of uncertainty on my way to fulfilling the promises of God, and I've got to stay in faith. Okay, so I've got to silence fear. The second one is that I need to speak faith. I've got to speak faith. Keep declaring in faith what God has told you. Keep declaring in faith what the Word of God says over your life. You know, I found that one of the things I felt like in this season, the biggest thing the enemy tried to do was to silence my confession. To, to stop me from saying those things when I first started. 
So if I'm stepping out in, in my context, stepping out into this new season of ministry, this calling, and say, yeah, yeah, I'm called to step out. I'm going to travel. I'm preaching. I'm encouraging churches. Man, I just, wherever God sends me, you know, and you're excited. I'm full of faith, and I'm passionate about it. And then as you get further into it, and you're building, and maybe things aren't happening as fast as I want, and all of a sudden you start going, well, maybe I shouldn't say, like, I'm, like, traveling all the time or, you know, like, because maybe if I'm not, actually out traveling every Sunday, you know, it's, you know, I'm just kind of wishful thinking. I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing more than I am. And like, you start like second guessing your dialogue about what God has said. And you stop, just, just stop speaking as full of faith as, as I used to. It's not that I necessarily start saying things that sound like doubt. It's just that I stop speaking faith. I stop sharing the vision like I used to. I stop Believing is big. I, I do what I sometimes I, I like to call renegotiating the dream down to the size that I feel like me and God can figure this thing out, right? I once, I thought big, but uh, you know, now that I'm out on the water, now that I'm away from the boat, like I was thinking worldwide, but you know, maybe just in my community, God could use me. You know what I mean? And, and it's just easy if we're not careful to shrink the dream down to our circumstances, down to our experiences. But if God has said something to you, and if God has, has given you a, a passion and a vision for something, then you need to keep speaking that. You need to keep saying that. You need to keep declaring that. And do not let the enemy silence your tongue. Don't let him stop you from speaking faith. You know, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in our tongue, right? That I can set the course of my life through the smallest part of my body. You know, this tongue, it, it changes the course of my, of my life. And the enemy knows that if he can get you to stop talking faith like you used to, he'll, he'll sideline the vision. He'll stop the purposes of God in your life. Man, you're believing for God's blessing and to increase in life, and you're just like, well, you know, I guess that's for some people, but not really me. So I'm just going to stop declaring that God's word says I can prosper. So I'm just not going to really talk about that. You know, or hey, you know, God said I, you know, I could have a, a great, you know, relationships or marriage. Or God's saying, you know, that he's, he's got a plan for my life. Well, you know, I don't know if God's really got a plan for me, but maybe other people. I'm just not going to really speak those things out because what if? Um, but a lot of times God's looking for you and me to say and to speak and declare. Jesus often asked when he was working miracles, he'd say, what do you want me to do for you? Like, why would he ask him? He, he's looking for somebody to speak it out with their mouth. You, you know, who do men say that I am? I, I want to hear it from you. I want to I hear you say it. I want to hear you say what you, what you believe. I want to hear a conviction come out of the inside of you. What do you want? What, what are you believing for? What are you, you going to declare with your mouth? And I, I know for me, I've got to continue to confess it. And sometimes it's the literal practice of whatever I feel God has called me to do that I literally say it out loud. Not even just think it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. No, no, no. Hey, God, I know you called me to do this. I know I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to be here. I know God is, you know what I mean? Like, just physically out loud. Because it's like, if I say it out loud, it helps reinforce in my own spirit to stir up faith and believe for that next step. Amen? All right, here's the last thing. And I'm going to actually ask the band to kind of come up and join me as I begin to kind of wrap that. Because I want to pray with some people. Um, the third thing is, is that we need to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. I know this seems simple, but this is 
this was the mantra that really came out of my wife and us heart in the beginning seasons of stepping out into the unknown when we started wondering or questioning you're going through the wind and the wave kind of moments. And we just said, you know what, babe, hey, we're just going to make a declaration that we trust Jesus, right? When fear starts coming in, we're just going to say, we trust Jesus. We trust Jesus. As a way to recapture the attention of our heart from looking around at the wind and the waves to back on Jesus. Come on, I know, I know this bill's stacking up. I know this circumstance looks uncertain, but we trust Jesus, right? We believe. We know God's good. We know God's for us. We know God's speaking to us. That was the biggest challenge for Peter, right? What happened? He's, he's doing the miraculous. He's walking on water, and then he gets his eyes off Jesus. He starts focusing more on the circumstances that are around him than on, on the word that he had heard from Jesus. And there's a word that stands true over our life greater than any circumstance that we're facing. It's this, the eternal word, the never-ending word of God, the, 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 the everlasting truth of God's word is right here for us. And no matter what you're facing, this is the word that supersedes any other word that comes to us. This is the truth that sets, uh, uh, sets the tone for every part of our life, everything in life must come in alignment with this and not the other way around. And if we're going to, if we're going to stay in faith, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I love this, this section of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 11. Uh, Sarah's is hardcore. Uh, you know, it's one thing for Abraham to believe for a kid after they're too old, but, you know, Sarah's the one who has to, like, make this kid. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a big deal, especially for her, kind of a lot of pressure on her. Um, and here she is in this scenario where um, she's past childbirthing age. It's over. You know, it's one thing to trust God when you can kind of mentally work it out, right? Okay, I can see how, okay, God said to do that. Yeah, I can see if, if this happens and this happens and that person. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I can, like, we reason it out as though God needs a little bit of assistance from us to figure this thing out. And so imagine Sarah being, oh, yeah, totally cool. God's good. Like, he can give us a child. But then years go on and decades go on. And now, now it's no longer humanly possible for her to have a child. Um, what do you do in that moment? What do you do when literally all physical hope is lost? All of the possibility of this miracle happening is literally out of your control. It is, we're now in the realm of only the supernatural and only God's intervention. And Mary, or sorry, not Mary, she's legit too, but Hebrews 11, 11, Sarah says, By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. This morning, I want to help us to consider the faithfulness of God again. Well, whatever you're facing, whatever it may seem lost, it may even feel like it's past expiration date. Maybe a dream that you once had feels like it's no longer a reality. Maybe there's a dream in the future that may even seems too big. But I want to encourage you and remind us this morning to let's consider the faithfulness of God again. Let's take a moment and turn our eyes off of the circumstances and back onto Jesus and, and be like Sarah who in the middle of impossibility said, I know this seems impossible. 
and I know it seems beyond expiration, and I know I have no ability to make this happen on my own, but I've got to consider, if I'm going to consider my circumstances, I've got to stop for a second and consider that the God who promised me this is not just some random, made-up, false religion. This is the God of heaven and earth. This is the one who, who like, I love how Louis Giglio says, the star breather. This is the one who, who breathed and stars came to be and the one who set our very existence in motion, who holds everything together by his hands and breathes life into us. We're not just talking about anybody here. We're talking about the almighty creator, the powerful one. So no matter how dead my situation may seem, there's still hope. Because if God promised it, then he probably knows what he's talking about. He probably knows that, that this situation is going to get to an impossible territory. He knows it, yet he still said it. So either I'm going to believe the lie of my circumstances or I'm going I'm to trust God. And, and when I say lie, I mean our circumstances are real, right? They are reality, but am I going to believe that God still is true even when I'm walking through a difficult situation? Or am I going to lose hope? Am I going to lose faith? Am I going to kind of have an all is lost type of mentality? Um, I, I want to just, part of our own story is uh, around this topic is in those first couple months of stepping out and the bank account, you know, reserves ending and, you know, triple the cost of living and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, in that season, you know, full of faith, we trust Jesus, you know, we're, we're going through it. And it's one of those seasons my wife was, had done real stuff in the Northwest and was trying to get into that down here and was just not making strides like we had hoped. And it was a bit more of a, a tougher market down here. And, um, and so she's trying to fight for this and I'm trying to do different things. And, and, uh, it was one night, and I just put the, our girls to bed, and I come out to the kitchen. My wife, Katie's, you know, putting some stuff away, and, and um, you guys can start playing. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was putting something away, at, or she's putting the dishes away, and, and she just found out that a couple potential clients, like, you know, sales, decided, ah, they're going to go with some other agent or whatever. Ah! It's kind of a blow to the confidence, you know what I mean? It was like... Ah, it could kind of feel like some light at the end of the tunnel with these potential, you know, homes that were going to be ours to sell. And, and, uh, and it was just, it was a bit of a bummer. And, but, you know, when you're walking through that kind of a deal, you're going, okay, we got to stay in faith, right? So it's like, babe, come on, we trust Jesus. And I just reminded, I said, you know, man, God spoke to us. God, we know this, right? We remember, and I wrote down every natural and supernatural situation that happened that caused me to jump out of the boat in the first place so that when I was walking on the water and go, what the heck was I thinking? I can look back at that list and go, that's right, God said this, and God did this, and God promised this, and God confirmed this. So I went back to that list, come on, babe, this is what God said, and I know God's with us. I said, listen, God fed the prophet in the wilderness with sending birds with food in their mouth. If God wants to bring food to our doorstep, he can do it. God's able. God's faithful. God's more than able to, to make this happen. And what happened was, I'm, we're praying, so I'm going to pray. And it was one of those, what I call like, almost like a molasses kind of prayer. 
I don't know any better way to describe it. It's just tough, almost like you're kind of pray through quicksand. You ever been in those where you're in a difficult season, but you're trying to stay in faith, and it's a bit of a more of a fight of faith kind of a prayer. So you're fighting for faith, and we're praying together, and then randomly, my daughter's never done this, and it's just out of the blue. She comes out of her bed and just, I'm like, I'm trying to pray. She just smacks me in the butt. I have no idea why. No spiritual significance to that. Uh, I just, I think it was a distraction. The enemy trying to mess with us. I was like, get back in bed. And kind of ended the prayer with just like, Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's like, whatever. We go to bed. I wake up the next morning as I'm heading out the, the door. Um, God did the impossible. And this is an example of, of what he's done in our life this season. Let me show this photo. This is, this is if you're, I don't know if you ever ordered Amazon Fresh, but Amazon can deliver groceries right to your doorstep. Well, little did we know that God had prompted somebody to send hundreds of dollars worth of groceries to our door and they arrived the next morning after I said, man, if God wants to bring food to our doorstep, he can do it. Come on, how good is God? I, I just want to remind you to consider the faithfulness of God. That when you're in the middle of the difficult situations, when you're in the middle of a fight of faith where you're wondering, can I keep the faith? Can I stay in faith? I just want to remind you that God is faithful. That he's able that he's more than able to, to meet every need that you're facing, to, to meet every challenge that's coming against you, that he is able to fulfill the promises of God. He's able to fulfill his word. If he spoke it, it's true. You know, this morning, I believe that God wants to breathe fresh faith into you this morning. That maybe there's some things that have felt dead. God wants to call them back to life again. God wants you to believe again for something. And last night in my devotion time, I was reading Ezekiel chapter 7 and it all culminates and there's the ending verses where God says, then they will know that I'm the God who, who can make dead things come alive again. And I just felt like that's a word for you guys this morning. I want to remind you, God is the God who can make whatever's dead in your life come alive again. It may feel like it's past expiration date, it may feel impossible. It may feel difficult. But He is this God. This God that we serve is not dead. He's not ignoring us. He's not distant. He's right here. He's present. And He's able to fulfill and to meet the needs that you're facing. Amen. Amen. If these messages have blessed you, we'd love for you to consider helping us take these messages to the world by giving a financial contribution. And you can do that at passionlifechurch.com. Click on the giving button and select the giving option that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening. If you're ever in the Marietta, California area, come join us. We'd love to see you. We'll make you feel right at home. Thanks again and God bless.